When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Intro. <laughs> by the way, by the way, what is that music? Are we on Top Gear now? <laughs> oh, it was the best royalty free music I could find. Hello, and welcome to the Rangers Rabble podcast. I apologise for my laughing, but <clears throat> behind the scenes, there we Scotty was going to absolutely off his nuts. So, hello and welcome along. We are live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Rangers Rabble, Facebook Jers Rabble. And on YouTube, it's youtube.com forward slash the Rangers Rabble. Hello, gentlemen. I'm going to start with how are you? And I'm going to go to you first, Scotty. Uh, I'm a little bit hungover. I'm all good. <laughs> and that thing is on my head again. <laughs> that bar thing. It's really annoying. Anyway, sorry, carry on. Are you all right, well, Martin? <laughs> I'm, ve- I'm very well. You, you gave me a good laugh, I suppose, and somebody could probably cut that out and totally take the piss out of me. But while well, you're my friend, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. I've got to say, I was very impressed with Bully's work there. That start-up was fantastic. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the whole... The, the montage was absolutely fantastic. It's just the music and, like, 40 seconds, really? You can get a lot done in 40 seconds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I know, but... See, what people don't know is, <laughs> while, while that's playing, I've got my smoky pen and I'm... Because I know that I'm going to have to... Go, the football chat. Come on. The next hour, without having a smoke, Stephen, how are you? Hi, mate. I'm good. I'll, I'll be quick. Hi, I'm good. And just let us crack, crack on. I know. <laughs> right. So, for, for everybody watching, because people watching have got no idea how moany people are behind the scenes. Um, so, for anybody watching, get your comments and ask us anything because look, it's, it's post season. We're, we're dragging about the, the barrel for content. So, but we will start on very happy news, Stephen. And that is that today is, of course, the legend that is Paul Gascoigne's birthday. Aye, indeed. Happy birthday to him, and uh, he did give us a lot of great many memories, didn't he? So, what a player, and I happy birthday to him. I hope he's having a good one. I did see somebody, Scotty, on Twitter who said that he was the greatest player ever to pull on a Rangers jersey. Where, do you, where, oh, where do you stand with that debate? Oh, he's up there, isn't he? He's, he's, it's a fact. He's one of the one of the best footballers of a generation, let alone uh, best footballers to play for Rangers. But I think it's testament that someone can say that, and it's not a foregone conclusion to actually the 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 amount of good players that we've had mm. over 150 years. I just think it's just lucky lucky that he's he's in our era, or he was in our era. Really, really fortunate, and really fortunate to have seen it. Um, and you know, no disrespect to the other other players that have played for Rangers, but he certainly is right up there. Just very, very quickly before I forget, for anybody watching who's seen the intro, if you can think of a better theme tune than that, 
please by all means send in your requests. Send them. We're gonna we're gonna get Top Gear after us after that. <laughs> <laughs> I made sure it was, I made, I made sure it was royalty free. Um, well, William, actually, William, very very good question for Fog Dog. Um, because obviously you're old enough to remember back in the 40s and 50s and 60s and stuff like that. Um, but if Gaza had stayed, would we have won the league the season he left? Yes. I think we would have done just because of his quality. Um, you know, looking back, it's obviously easy to criticise it. Maybe we shouldn't have let him go. Um, but I do believe that, you know, if we kept Gascoigne fit for the rest of that season and we hadn't sold him, you know... I guess like with his quality in the bigger games, he might have just just done enough. But that's just my opinion. I'm sure others might disagree. I know, but if you look at that, if you look, I mean, we're going right off topic here. Um, mm. But if you go back to that supposed, you know, ten in a row season where we should have won the league, Stephen, I don't know. Are you old enough to remember? Slightly, mate. I'm just pushing it to be honest. I remember <laughs> watching the videos when I was wee, but that's about. <laughs> I'll try and no, buy my way through an answer for you, though, if you give me a question, mate. No, but it, it wasn't like, you know, their attempt at 10 in a row, but they completely folded like a pack of cards, um, Scotty. There was games in that season. I mean, we should have won the league that year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, in, no, in all seriousness, you're absolutely spot on. Um, you know, should have, would have, could have. We did kind of shoot ourselves in the foot a couple of times and a couple of decisions and injuries and, and things weren't particularly going our way. I don't think in the previous summer, the whole Loudrup saga really helped. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of dis- disrupted things. And then we can talk about Marco Negri all day long. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, really actually interesting in that season. It's a real common misconception that, you know, Negri scored all of those goals, goals in the first half of the season and then he had the injury and didn't play again. He actually played all the way through the season and he only missed a small chunk and he just stopped scoring goals. Mm-hmm. Just, and I, I think that just, I think when you look at Marco Negri and his quality, I think he just actually went through a purple patch of when he just first signed for Rangers rather than being an overall <coughs> legend as some call him. I know, you know, I think, it, I mean, we'll, we'll all move on, um, but I think it was a game against Kilmarnock we dropped points or something like that. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Like, um, yeah, one, we, got, we got beat at home, didn't we? I, th- I can't I, I, honestly. My memory is good, but it's it's not that good. But Andy D says, "Let sleeping dogs lie, mate, and enjoy 55. And they see in a post season, you are scrambling for content. By the way, but we like to try and keep the content coming so that you get something to watch, and join in with. Um, Andy, of course, at the very start says, "All right, ladettes. I don't know. He's, he's been nice, or he's been, you know. Uh, Andy Bluebells, evening boys, evening Andy, um, Ronald Bell, evening gents and ladies. There's a theme going here with the ladies, isn't there? Um, oh, I've caught a bit of weight. <laughs> uh, right. So earlier this week, I think William, I seen something online. It might have been a load of nonsense. Um, I think it was Galatasaray were interested in Joe Aribo and the number bandied about was three million pounds. Never. Come on. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's fair to say that Galatasaray probably couldn't afford Joe Aribo. Um I think that figure is just ridiculous. I mean <laughs> I'm not even too sure how you could even come to that figure in terms of the quality of player he is. How important a player he's been for the club over the last couple of years. The fact that, I mean, I was, I was listening to the coaching convention today and it was Michael Beals was talking and he was raving about Aribo, about his quality. And, I mean, I think the starting price of somebody like Aribo is going to be like £15 million before he even consider talking to somebody. And the big thing is, he's English, so if English club wants him, it's a homegrown rule. They've got mm-hmm. to be based players in the squad. Does, does that, that still push the fee right up? Does that does that still count if he's been capped by Nigeria? I'm not sure it does. I think he might. Yeah, well, I believe this is actually born in England. He still comes under the homegrown rule, a bit like Glenn Kamara. That's interesting. Yeah. Like that. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Something new every day. Kamara <laughs> from Jamaica. They would still come under the sort of homegrown rule for England as well, I believe. So, you know, from our point of view, if England published to come calling for a Rebo, you know, Rangers do 
are quite a strong position and that, that you know they might be desperate to have so many English players in their squad and it might just allow us to get that little bit extra money. Yeah, well Peaceful Warrior has put he's Nigerian. I don't actually think is, he is, is he, Nigerian. I don't think is he, he is. Hold on, I've just said that. Is he just tuned in? Has he just missed me saying that? <laughs> I think I don't think Peaceful Warrior is here for the very beginning of the podcast. I think for his comments that's evident. I'll let, I'll let Peaceful Warrior off. I think you should uh, start tuning in at the start. Yeah, exactly for that 40 second intro. He probably tuned in. <laughs> right. It went on for so long and then he buggered off for a cup of tea. Came back and it was still on. So he just waited five minutes. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I had um I had uh, a, a quick read and I was doing my research. I did some real in-depth research for this tonight. And uh I think I read an article, I think it was a load of nonsense as well, saying Rangers are quoted Galatasaray 10 million euros. Mm-hmm. Um I don't I think it's it's gotta be another fifty percent on top of that. I think I think William's right, fifty million at least as a starting point. And that isn't taken into account obviously the homegrown rule and all the politics that goes go along with being uh, English or Nigerian or whatever. Um, I just think he's that good a footballer. And, you know, comparing to other talents and other transfer fees for other players, I think you've got to look at, I think the only thing that goes against him, which actually I take into account his value, is the fact that he's playing in Scotland. Mm-hmm. And I still think he's that yeah. good that he should be getting a 15 million fee. If he was doing it in England, and he's going to have the opportunity to do it on the international stage as well, and hopefully in the Champions League next season, we're just going to see that value absolutely skyrocket. And I can't wait to see it, because I think it's going to happen to quite a few of our players. So well, it's really exciting. Well, Fog Dogs just said, that, to be honest, there isn't many of our players that couldn't be sold for double-figure millions. Well, Fog Dog's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I've read that. I've read that completely the wrong way. Then you go, Fog Dog. Unless you've you've wrote that the way that I've read that, you're completely wrong. Um, Stephen, fifteen million for a Rebo. I mean, I mean, I think he had a, he had a good season, um, but I still think he's got a lot of development to do. Definitely, I think for sure three million. I'd like to think Rangers wouldn't even reply to that, to be honest, for three million. You wouldn't even really start thinking about it. Might, it might get lost in the emails. I pretty much I've heard that before. And uh, I I would like to actually know if there's any truth in that or if it's just complete paper talk because he's an international football player. You, you, you're not going to get a three million pound player that's playing international and a starting starting for us and you're playing in the Europa League. It's just it's ridiculous. And like you're saying, fifteen million, I'd like to think we could get get that from. I don't know how things will be this summer with the markets and stuff like that. But one thing I would put him in that bracket, whereas I don't think we could sell him because he's similar to maybe somebody like Kent and Kamara, who I'm expecting big things from next year as well. So I don't think Rangers would even consider it anything less than thinking about starting at 10, starting the conversation about anything before 10 million, to be honest. You're not happy, mate. <laughs> see, no, no, no. I've just seen Fog Dog. Right, see what he's done. He's done a <laughs> yes. double bloody negative. Got it wrong. No, he, he's really got it wrong. Right. Fog Dog, I apologise. <laughs> I've written. It's a, it's a double negative. I'm hungover. Can you keep it simple, please? <laughs> we've got, we've got Graham. My good friend Graham. Philip Palander's well. You rocketed last night after watching his Swedish teammate Lindelof. Oh, big Philip is dead. He's better. But then, William, I mean, that goes to prove. I mean, I think it William just brought up that comment. Yeah. See, Joe Rebo, he was born in London. Yes. That means he's homegrown, right? So even though he goes to play for Nigeria, it doesn't actually mean that he's Nigerian. Not, you know what I mean? It's, the, the homegrown role is also not just being born, but the fact that he's went all through his academy training in England as well. Yeah. So I think you've got to be present for a certain age age bracket, maybe like what 13, 14 to seventeen or something. Yeah. And then you yeah. Yeah, so like the school years you've got to be there from a certain age to another age. And then that's how it works. So like poor evil would be obviously within that remit. So even though he can decide to go and play for another country, which also a lot of English players are now doing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because at the end of the year, they're not getting called up with an ask you. I think one of the recent ones was Aaron Wan-Bissaka. I think they're talking about him going to play for one of the African countries because he's not getting called up. And as I say earlier on, like, apparently they're talking about Kamar Roof going to play for Jamaica. Which at the end of the year, you know, that might not be a good thing for Rangers because of the travelling. 
But look, you can't be standing a player's way. Like Aribo's went to Nigeria because early on he got that opportunity. He probably looked at the England squad and thought, well, I'm not going to get ahead of the players that's there. So why did he not take the opportunity to go into international football? Can I just can well, I just say, can I just can I just say, Scotty, hold on, sorry, two seconds. Andrew Bluewell's mentioned a player that I didn't even know was at Rangers. Um, left back, midfield and up front. Sribo is three players in one. So <laughs> I didn't even know we had signed Sribo. Uh, Can I just say also a quick hello to Chrissy Ladyweed? Hello and welcome. Uh, I'm sorry, Scott. Just, just before we go on to that, I think we've got a bit of blind date going on with uh, Peaceful oh. Warrior and Chrissy. Have we seen this? Uh, I'm oh. seeing it anyway. You carry on, you carry on with the football content. I can't, I can't remember what I was talking about. Um, yeah, I can't remember. The Rangers, so, Rabble, Rangers Rabble Dating Agency. That's what they start calling myself. Aye. Aye. Right, it's lovely. Boy, yeah. Boy. It's um, give me a good, feeling. Right, okay, well, let's actually, and I don't know, look, I've, I've also heard people talking about this, and Stephen, mate, I'll take this to you. The England squad, obviously, was very recently announced. Um, and obviously, look, they never even looked at Goldson. Um, is that fair? Or... Do, are we just are we are we biased obviously because Goldson plays for Rangers, or is there a serious argument to be made that he could fit in the England team? It's a good question. I think uh, I think something I seen on Twitter the night as well is that I don't know which much more somebody can do mm. to get into that team really in the Scottish football. To be honest, so maybe it just shows you what they think about it. But um, it has had a good season. But to be fair to them, they've got some talented players in defence as well, and it would be. Maybe a big ask for Conor Golson to get in, but I'd love to have seen it myself. But I, I don't think they're going to come and take him for for England. To be honest, Scotty, you're you're always loving down there. Yeah, um, actually, it's a I suppose a a point that I raised slightly tongue in cheek with a lot of my pals, and they're all like huge Conor Golson fans. Um, but they're also huge England fans. And what they say about the England squad and what Southgate likes is players that are versatile. And you'll probably have like a Harry Maguire or another big centre-back. But I was like looking at uh, Ben Godfrey. Ben Godfrey's in the squad at Everton. He's, you know, apparently one of Everton's best defenders. I, I don't think as a unit, as a defensive team, uh, Goldson would look out of place. In fact, I think Goldson would walk into that Everton defence. But... What Godfrey has is the versatility. Plays centre back, right back, and if you look throughout the whole squad, that squad of players, usually they can play in a couple of positions. Now, whether or not, even if he just wanted two, three, four big centre backs in the squad, would Goldson get in? I'm not too sure, but he should be should be there or thereabouts. I think he is that good. Um, obviously, what counts against him, and it's probably a running three theme. For the end of time with Scottish football, because of the obvious disparity in quality, is he isn't tested at that level often enough. Yes, we can go into the argument and say, right, okay, he's going to play Champions League. But what happens if, you know, we, we go to the Champions League and we play PSG, Man City, Dortmund, whoever, and we get absolutely spanked? That's going to do Conor Goldson no favours. Like, we actually need to go to the Champions League and actually put a good showing for ourselves, for our players to actually be worth then considering for the international stage for England. So long story short is um, I'm not really surprised that he isn't uh, called that. I'm disappointed for him because I do think he is good enough. I think he's got the attributes. I think he's worked on his game so much in the last three years, whether that's with the ball, without the ball and his physical strength and stature. When we signed Conor Goldson, he was a big, big lad. You look at him now, he's like twice the size. And he hasn't lost any of you know the key attributes that he had. He's probably gained gained a few more, and he's only going to get better. And he's getting to the, the age um, where he will improve. The, you know, his peak years will be 31, 32, 33. He's what 27, 28 now. So he's he's going to be right at it. And you know, you know what? You know, he he may not sign a new contract, and he may we may have to sell him this summer, and he may get a move to an English club, and then. You know, he could force his way in then. And, it, you know, if it does transpire that way, he'd, you know, I'd always think of him fondly. Don't jump ahead. We're going to come to that conversation topic in a minute. Please don't take all my topics away from me when we're only 18 minutes. I'm teeing, teeing it up. How long are we going to do this for? I tell you what, it would have been a, it would have been a lot better if that intro wasn't 20 minutes long. <laughs> right, William, Goldson for England. 
is it realistic? I mean, obviously, look, I think William's cut out. No, he's not. Southgate was never going to look at anybody in Scotland, let's be brutally honest. But if you take it, for, we see Goldson a lot. We know his qualities. We know his positives. We know his negatives. Could he, could he play for England? Is he good enough? It's always hard to answer that question, isn't it? Because I don't watch enough English Premier League football, to be honest with you. And when he announced the squad, I didn't recognise some of the names. That's mm. how, how much EPL football that I sit and watch. And to be honest, even I do watch a lot of the top games, I'm never the best. No, that's true. The top six when they play each other, a lot of times are draws. Very few times do you see teams really going for the jugular. Um, I think there's a lot of kind of bluster about about the EPL. I think last night showed yet again that when the Spanish teams are of a good quality, they're more than capable of beating most of the top English teams. I think this season, when you see like Real Madrid and Barcelona are like sort of changing around, you know, they're going to have new managers. It looks like next season, potentially both of them. It will be interesting to see how they come back next season. From like Goldson's point of view, I don't know if he'll ever get a chance now. I think as Scott said, he's probably at that kind of peak point in his career now where the next contract that he signs will take him into his mid-30s. Mm-hmm. That's where Rangers and he's probably got no chance of ever playing for England realistically because I just don't think they've got any interest. Even if Rangers would go out and sign like, a really good 19-year-old that had left Arsenal and he was coming to play first-team football here and he had an amazing season, scored 25 goals and got 20 assists, that still wouldn't even register in England. Well, I, you know, and I think that's the kind of sad reality that they're so like sort of blindsided. They think the EPL so far ahead that they can only pick players for that league. I mean, guys leave England to go and play elsewhere. It's only been the odd player here and there that they've actually called up. But when you look at it over the years, very few guys have left England and still been called up to the national team. That's true, and and Duff Jai Wan, that's a mouthful. I don't think Southgate even considered any of our English players. What do you think? And I think that's right, Stephen, but look, is Southgate right not to consider any English players playing in Scotland? Is that fair? I mean, it's tricky, isn't it? Because I think I've seen a comment a guy was saying about like if he was playing in the top six in England, he would be like considered straight away. Oh, there, she, there it is. There's but, uh, Teddy. <laughs> I don't... I, I can understand why Southgate doesn't come up here and look at the players because of the quality he's up against. And is he getting exposed as much as he would be down in England and to be able to evaluate him to say, is he good enough for a squad? So mm-hmm. I think there is a time where they just maybe instantly just kind of write him off unless there's really poor, poor options down in England. So I can understand that. It's probably harsh in Goldson, but I think it's just the way it is, unfortunately. And I can't see it changing unless the quality of the league was raised enough for people to take notice, yeah. to be honest, which is a big ask in general. Might get better next season, the quality of the league, though, with Kamar not being out, so no more plastic pitches. You know, see, when you look 15, 20 years ago, when we had some really top, top English players, some of the guys weren't even getting caught up to England back then, and we were signing guys who at the time were full England internationals, mm-hmm. and some of the old guys weren't even getting called up. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's I mean, that's how much they think of Scottish football. Even back then, for all, we could go and take players for England because we could afford to give them good wages. And that was at the time when David Murray was throwing money at the wall and stuff like that. And and even then, they were getting called up. And you Mm -hmm. can imagine back then that we had some of the best English players. We had England captain. I think the best example, especially more... I suppose on the recent side, when you say like 15, 20 years, it's probably Michael Ball. He was capped by England. We signed yeah. him and then never got a look at again yeah. for whatever reason. Um, that's quite interesting. That just came to mind there. Right. We have got, I, I want to come on to Conor Goldson's contract, right? But we've got a question then for Fog Dog, and this is for William. Um, for William, who out of our youngsters is ready for first team football? Who have been put out on loan, or is it just a case of Premiership loans? For greater experience, so who is ready, William, to make that jump? Um, well, obviously, we've got an interview coming up soon with Stephen Kelly that's hopefully going about in the coming days. I hope people really enjoy it. It was a really insightful interview to Stephen talking about, you know, his two loans now at Air United in Ross County. Um, even somebody like Kai Kennedy, I think, is another that's probably pushing mm-hmm. really hard 
Um, I think out with that group, probably most of the rest of them who are probably will be looking at maybe our Scottish Premier League loan. I would like to see Ben Williamson go to a Premier League club on loan. Um, I think James Maxwell is another who I think I would like to see out in a Premier League loan. Um, so yeah, look, there's certainly the talent coming through. I think you'll find that some of these guys will come back and train with the first team over the summer and then some decisions will be made. Whereas maybe for the odd one or two, decisions have already been made by now and maybe discussions will be ongoing with certain clubs to to make sure they're the right fit. Because I think sometimes when players do go out and loan, some of the loans this year haven't worked out to the way they should have done. Mm-hmm. Maybe they haven't played regularly. But that's something yet again that you know, the club need to take time and make sure they get the right fit. Like for Ben Williamson, he's got to go somewhere. After having such a great spell at Broke, he now needs to go somewhere to play regularly at the Premier League level. So it might be that, I don't know, maybe like a Dundee might be interested, maybe a Livingston might be interested. Somewhere that needs a combative midfield player. From like Kai's point of view, I think he would be a great fit for somebody in the mid-table. I think would be a great fit at like a St. Johnston. Um, although I think somebody like that would be a great fit for Kai, but that's just my opinion. It might be that there's maybe just not the offers on the table that will probably happen in the night. So might look out this spot. I mean, if you look at Josh McPake, he was had a really good second half of the season at Harrogate. And I don't think um, that's a bad move for any player. 46 games in, the, in League 2 or League 1 in England is massive. I mean, if you can play 35, 40 of those games, that takes you, in my opinion, to another level. And that's something that the, you know, that the club will continue to look for. And I think with Ross Wilson being in position now and all of his contacts in England, I wouldn't be surprised to see a couple of guys go to England and go there you go. See, you ask a youth question, you get an in-depth answer. So keep the questions coming in. It doesn't have to be about the youth. It can be about anything. I, I, I really enjoyed that. So um, I'm really excited to see Stephen Kelly because I yeah. think he he will slot into this, particularly the Rangers' first team, quite well, just because of his style of football, perhaps because of his stature. I don't see much benefit in him playing somewhere like Ross County where he'll get a sore neck. I think he needs to be in and around the first team squad now and actually learn and actually see if he can progress with the with our with our squad. And perhaps a little bit on Kai Kennedy. Interesting you mentioned St. Johnston, because obviously um the whole Callum Davidson thing and there's been a spotlight on them. I actually think they play pretty good football when they actually get the ball down on the deck, they actually like to. And um I think I think the, there are certainly worse places that our youngsters can go. So it'd be interesting whether you actually know something there. You drop St. Johnston in it, and we might see because obviously Glenn Middleton's gone there. Uh, yeah. See a few, a few more players heading in that direction. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that I will say is, you know, the club now have a loan manager in place who who does a lot of work prior to players going out. You know, there's obviously discussions with the players as to where they would potentially like to go. Obviously, the management have got a say in this. So, Stephen Gerrard, so like for instance, when it came to somebody like Stephen Kelly, without like going like too far into what Stephen had to say, it was obviously a decision that was based around the manager saying, we would like to see you get out and loan and playing in a Premier League club. And at that point, obviously, the options became available to him and it was Ross County that he went to. But that was on the back of him signing a new three-year contract. So, the club... Obviously, once he comes back from air, he signs a new long-term contract and he then goes out to Ross County where I think he's played the best part of 30 games this season in League and Cup. And at the end of the day, for Ross County, staying up every season probably is the main aim. I know they might say otherwise because maybe they want to sound like they want to get into that top six, but I don't think that's realistic for them. I think when you see the budgets of the top six teams now, mm-hmm. I think it's going to become more and more difficult. And I think the heart's coming up that's going to make things tighter because if the Hearts can come back into this league and pay good money straight away, you know, most of these other clubs can't. Like, Dundee are they going to come in and throw money at the wall, you know? So, like, the realism is if you look at Rangers, Celtic, Aberdeen, Hibs, I think St Johnston will be top six again next season as long as it's, the squad doesn't get decimated. And I think Hearts will get into the top six. I just think with the money they've got, the wages they can pay, the players they've still got. It's going to be extremely difficult for any of the other teams to get close to the top six, in my opinion. I might be totally wrong, but that's just my opinion. 
That's what opinions are all about, being wrong. Um, we have RFC55 talking about John Bennett. Uh, was looking at stadium expansion. We will come on to that later on. But I want to go back onto this, Stephen. And it's, I asked a few weeks back, are he Goldson contract? I think he'll leave. Stephen, should we be worried that Goldson and Kamara have not signed no deals yet? I mean, I think it's a slight concern for sure. Um, I'm probably more concerned with Kamara than Goldson for some reason. I don't know if, why. There's no. I don't know anything about it. It's just a, a sort of hunch I've got. But looking at Goldson, he seems like a sort of guy who would thrive winning trophies and being in a competitive team and try to go for Champions League football and stuff like that as well. I think that would be something he'd be buzzing for. Um, so I'm hoping it's just a matter of a, a matter of time with him, to be honest, because. He's loved here and I don't think he'd probably go somewhere else and get that same sort of feeling uh, elsewhere as what he can get here. And I know money talks and it's a big thing of football. And if somebody came in and offered him double his wages, how much do these people really take that into consideration? I understand that. But it is a concern for me and it's a slight. Um, more with Kamara. I can kind of look at Kamara. And if you look at it, maybe just as like a his point of view, where was he before that? So he started at Arsenal and went to, was it Shrewsbury? And then went up to Dundee on a trial and then came up so he's a, he's a young guy as well 25 so in my opinion he's got a good couple of contracts in him so I can see why he maybe is looking about saying is this time for me to go somewhere and make proper money that he's maybe not made so far because I don't imagine he was on much in Dundee when he's coming to us for 50 grand I can't imagine he was demanding massive wages at that time either so I'm concerned more with him because I could see his point of view and thinking I can maybe go make some real proper money here so uh, that's my. There is concerns there, but I'm hopeful Goldson will be over the line soon. And if we can get Kamara down, um, that'd be unbelievable because I think he's going to go to uh, the Euros and properly light it up and, and for Finland anyway. And, um, I, I'm just hoping we can keep a hold of him. Is he not he suspended for the first three games? Oh, is Kamara is he not suspended for the for a couple of games? Oh, no, I think I think his ban uh, was just club football. I think. I don't think yeah, so. Cadellas was not like everything. I'm seeing just a quick point on that. I mean, just like a question to the guys here. What is what is the wage cap for us? You know, do you think it's 30 grand a week? Is it 40 30, grand a week? 30, 30, 35. I mean, so it's sort of, uh, looking at Kamara, right? Say he's came from Dundee. This is just like a for instance, because we don't know exactly what the guy's earning, clearly. But what if Rangers gave him, like, I don't know, say five grand a week? What would he be looking for now, based on what he's done in the last couple of years? Would it be fair to then make him one of the highest earners at the club? Or is it a matter of looking at it and saying, right, he's got two years left in his contract, we might not be able to meet his demands, let's cash in when the market's at its highest. And the highest peak of the market is probably going to be after the Euros. Mm. So the club are maybe looking at it from like a twofold point of view that if we can't come in an agreement with Kamara, the best time to move him on would probably be after the Euros. Because let's be honest about we all probably think that Glenn's body do pretty well at the Euros. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a technically gifted footballer. He's a very smart footballer. He's going to stand out in that Finland team, in my opinion. You know? Oh, he does, yeah. When it comes to Golston, Golston's a different one. Like, I would imagine Golston is probably already one of our highest earners. I would imagine the fact he's came from Brighton I'd imagine he'll be a reasonably good earner. So how much more can the club offer him to stay? I would have thought, a bit like what Scotty was talking about and Stephen spoke about, the opportunity to sell the Champions League dream mm-hmm. is the big thing that we can offer him. We can't offer him what a Brighton might be able to offer him again if they were to come back and say there's 50 grand a week. We can't do that, clearly. Mm-hmm. But we can say to him, if you make the Champions League, there's likely a bonus in that. If we won the league again, there's a bonus. And that's how it's got to be. But we can't compete with these clubs. And that's, you know, that's just the realism of being in Scotland with the television deals, with the sponsorships, the most the club can do with everything. I mean, that's, it's just unfortunate. You know, it it is. I would love to keep Golson for the rest of his career. Same with Kamara. But, you know, there's got to be a sense of realism there amongst it all as well. Actually, it was a good point Scotty made um, the whole regarding the whole Golden thing, and I don't say that lightly. Um, oh. you I've, Paul, had, I've you, had a bit of stick in the comments as well. That way, have you? I haven't, I haven't <laughs> been paying attention. Um, do you think it's it's an it's a real worry for Golds in the fact that we discussed 
his performances and how he was overlooked for England. Do you think Goldson might be saying to himself, if I get myself back down south into a top 10, top 8, top 6 team, I can maybe get a cap for England, I can maybe get in a squad? I'd like to think I'd like to think that's on his mind because it just shows the ambition. And I think he's a really ambitious footballer. And I think the ambition showed when he signed for Rangers from Brighton. I think if he was just happy collecting a wage and possibly playing a few games here or there, and he could have done that in the Premier League, he would have done. But he didn't. He wanted to play and he wanted to prove himself and he wanted to win trophies. So he came to Rangers and he's done that. So he's he's definitely ambitious and it will probably be on his mind. Whether he think whether whether actually uh it's in his mind whether he thinks he's good enough or not, I'm not too sure. But I'd like to think that he thinks he is. And it's an interesting point that like William made when we talk about salary our salary cap and our salary range because although I think absolutely spot on I think you know our highest earners will earn 35 grand a week we can't afford to give more than one two three maybe three at a push that kind of level of wages Mm -hmm. so when you look at Kamara and you think okay well what kind of salary is he gonna command yeah okay we he's pushing into that bracket but when you've got Tav Morelos and potentially Goldson in that bracket already can we actually afford to include Kamara Probably not. So it might be a case of, particularly in Goldson's contract, let's see what happens in the summer in, case, in terms of which players move where. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the financial situation and then assess who we can give these contracts to because who's deserving. Because there's absolutely no doubt in the mind that the boardroom know how good Kamara is and know how integral Goldson is and their contract situation. We're not sleepwalking into this. I think, I think, I think the board have earned enough trust now that we trust them to know how to run the players, the football club, how we want them to run it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously hopeful that I want I want this squad to stay together as long as possible. Like this exact squad, it's just been such a good season. And with, although I'm very, very much aware that standing still almost move, moves backwards, um, I think the players are actually getting better and they move forward, particularly as they play together more. And we've also got players like Sakala coming mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. so it's all it's all very exciting. But yeah, um, yeah it's almost what it's it's, it's agonising, isn't it? Just like watch this space, <laughs> and it, it, nothing like, is nothing is one hundred percent in football. Nothing. Ex- ex- exactly. I mean, you would have thought that right, right in about January, these contracts would have been done. And I've got absolutely no doubt behind the scenes they probably started working on it. But it probably drove, dragged on to such a point where they've gone, let's just wait and see now. Let's just mm-hmm. wait and see. And then we'll see if we can give you what you want. Because, you know, it's not football manager, is it? No, and I'm very good at football manager. Um, oh, so, I'm hopeless. No. <laughs> um, okay. so, no, just somebody, you can come straight in, Stephen, just somebody that agrees with Scotty. I just couldn't believe it. Oh. We'd love to see this squad stay together and more to come to this squad. Sorry, Stephen, mate, on you go. I think there's another sort of side of it, Kamara, as well, if you're looking from like the sort of club side and maybe what Ross Walsh and the, the board are thinking is, because the model now is to try and sell players on. And I think as well, see where you look at like with the three million bandied about for a rebo, it's ridiculously low. And I think there's got to be a player in Rangers that we sell at like fifteen or twenty million. And I think Kamara could be that guy. And from that, then it's not just the model as we sell maybe we bring players in for cheap and we sell them on, but also we bring them in for cheap and we sell them on at fifteen or twenty million. It's not like people can come in with a three million or six million pound offer for these players because that's no we don't sell them but and I think that Kamara is a player that we could actually demand a fee of like fifteen and that's going to take all our players up to a different bracket. So I think maybe the if I was looking at it from a club perspective and business, I think there's a there's that side of it as well. But you never know because I think there is somebody's got to break that ceiling for us and we've got to get into the point where we're selling people for fifteen and twenty million and other clubs are coming and going, well we can I just get players off Rangers for four million or something, do you know what I mean? I think Kamara could be that guy because he's that good. But there's a, I, I don't know about you, but there's a bit of sweetness about watching Kamara because I rate him so high and I think he's such a good football player. But see, yeah. for somebody who's got so much quality, not to be in like talking about being player of the year, it's just no. like it just it kills me because I'm like he's such a good football player. And but, do you know what I mean? But I mean, we can have a quick chat about that actually. In terms of player of the year, what actually makes a player of the year? Is it just the fact that they're a good footballer, or is it because they just actually show? show us that little bit more because I just think in terms of talent and in terms of performances on the pitch, 
that Kamara has been right up there. But then, you know, when you when you watch Stephen Davis and you watch some of the runs and the tracking back that he made and the effort, I mean, I think Kamara is a better footballer than Davis and I think he's proved it throughout the season. But what Davis did in that team, for that team, kind of puts him higher in the pecking order when you talk about player of the year. And that's no disrespect to Kamara because I don't think, I'm not saying he hasn't tried as hard, but it just shows and manifests itself in, in different ways. And let's be honest, the entire squad has mm-hmm. been at it and they've been dedicated and they've been, you know, just holding each other to account. And when you're in that position and you can look your teammates in the eye and say, yeah, I've, I've tried as hard as you. It's, it's got us to where we are. And it's and it's now reaping the dividends because now we're talking about 20 million quid footballers when, let's be honest, two years ago, it was a pipe dream. Right. Yeah, we can get ten million from our Right, listen very, very quickly. Just to restate that point, Scott. Because CGM Kamara better than Davis. Not sure about that statement. Now, before you come back in, Scott, I think what what Scott was saying, and Scott, tell me if I'm wrong here. He wasn't saying that he was an overall better footballer. He was saying that Kamara's better with the ball and what he does with the ball compared to Stephen Davis. Is that right, Scott? Well, yeah. And the proof's in the pudding, and we'll see it, and we'll see what level Kamara goes to after Rangers. And we've seen what level Davis goes to or went to after Rangers. And, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. And that's no disrespect to Stephen Davis because I love Stephen Davis. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's- like, when, when, I, when, I, when I say something like this, I'm not saying it to put other players down. It's to elevate kind of everyone else. And everyone, it's, it's like everyone's got this mentality, it's one or the other. How about we look at it collectively? It's not mm-hmm. one or the other. I know, but listen, we could sit and talk about this all night. We could even talk about Player of the Year awards, but we're 40 minutes in, gents, and we're not even halfway through the agenda yet. Um, <laughs> so, bloody intro. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it was a 39-minute intro. There you go. William, um, a player we've been linked with who we always, always, always seem to be linked with, and it could just be paper talk nonsense, it could be right, I don't know, is Ollie McBurney. Now, me personally, I know he plays in the Premier League, but Sometimes that doesn't really make much of a difference. I don't know so much of Ollie McBurney as good enough to play for Rangers. Um, what do you think? Well, I, as I said earlier, I don't watch a huge amount of EPL games. Um, when you see the money that gets spent down in England, I don't necessarily think just because you spent 15 or £20 million pound on a player in England makes him a great player. And that's not been disrespectful to Ollie. I've not seen a huge amount of Ollie overall. Um I don't really know where he would fit into our team, if I'm honest. When I look at what we've got in the final third of the pitch, I don't, you know, I don't really see his his type of presence in our front line because, like, he's not really got the versatility. And that's sort of another thing we've got when you look at like sort of Kamara can change position. You know, when we talk about you know Ruth, he can change position. Hadji can change position. Even Morelos can even go wide if we really need it. Itton's played wide. It's mm-hmm. only really Defoe that is basically a centre-forward. Mm-hmm. But I look at McBurney, any time I've watched him, he's only really a centre-forward. And I'm, I don't really think that's what we're looking for. And I think the signing of Sakala pretty much confirms that. Mm. Can, I, can I just say, just just uh, a comparison that popped into my head. You're absolutely spot on. And I was like trying to think, do you remember when Brendan Rodgers had to sell or they sold Suarez and he replaced him with... Ricky Lambert. I think that's like us selling Morelos and replacing him with McBurney. I just don't don't see it working at all. It's just why? <laughs> I have to admit, I one hundred percent agree. I've not seen anything Stephen from McBurney that, that tells me yeah. that he's he's, he's worth a, a place in uh, the Rangers team. No, I'm, I'm actually just hoping it's lazy journalism. To be honest, there's a Rangers oh, fan who's just say because I wouldn't even consider it, and it's probably you know, slightly unfair fairer they get in the guy a wee bit in a sense. I'm going to say that. He feels like a guy that brings a bit of baggage with him at times as well. And uh, I don't know if I really want to be going into the season with some somebody like that. So, um, I know I wouldn't even consider it. And I don't think, to be honest, I don't think Gerard and that would probably be considering that, to be honest. I, w- I, w- I would say, from what I've seen, what I saw of Oliver Burnie in the Championship, he was a good player. He was a, he was a good player. He looked like he could score a few goals. And then his first season in the Premiership, he scored a few goals. And... He's struggled in a struggling Sheffield United team, which isn't to be expected or really, really laughed at. Um, I think he should 
stay with Sheffield United in the Championship and see see what mm-hmm. he does, see if he bangs in a few goals. I've also seen him play for Scotland and he looked absolutely out of his depth. But then again, in a Steve Clark Scotland team, every striker looks woefully out of their depth just because of the way they play. So you can't really judge him on that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, all the best to the lad. I'd like to see him succeed. I'd like to see him play for Rangers one day, maybe in the future, maybe when he's at the top of peak of his game, but I still probably wouldn't pay anywhere near 15 million. I think he's probably realistically, particularly with some of the strikers in Scotland. And you look at Lawrence Shankland, Kevin Nesbitt, I think we could get more value out of them. And I still mm-hmm. think they're overpriced for what they are. So mm-hmm. I would actually rather pay 3 million quid for Kevin Nesbitt than with 3 million quid for Oliver McBurney. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Is he um, one of the messages there? I don't think we say CGM. It's fair when you look at it. Hey, I'm the comedian here. (laughs) (laughs) But we see just looking at the point he makes there on. It's true. You look at like journalism. It's like every summer there's certain players that get linked to us. It's the same players sometimes for two or three transfer windows. Mm Yeah, and then like today, again, I think one of the papers. As soon as like a Republic Island player's out a contract, he gets linked to Celtic. I'm pretty sure every player that plays for Republic Island doesn't want to play for Celtic. You know what I mean? It's just, but it's because of the whole like, Irish connection. It's like, oh, let's just throw his name into the heart. It's mm-hmm. just like, see to me, when you look at like the deal with like sort of Sakala, how many people knew about this guy like two months ago or three months ago? How much was this really spoken about? And then all of a sudden it was confirmed that he was signed. And the same with so many of our other signings. It's just come out that we signed the player. No, Rangers are only going to do their business in the public either. They're not going to have headlines in the papers for two or three weeks before a player signs. That's just not how we do business now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's impossible now. There's there's no rumblings. It doesn't matter who you know inside Ibrox anymore. It's, there's just, just absolutely no rumblings of what's coming. Um, just a, a wee quick point. I was thinking about when I was watching uh, Scotty at Europa League final last night, which, I mean, if you're a Manchester United fan, sorry, Graham, but you've got to be utterly, utterly embarrassed with your football club. Um, Villarreal, look, done what they had to do, um, but there was a small part of me thinking, we'd have gave them a better game than that. I didn't watch the game. I was at the dance. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I mean, I did watch. I did watch some of the game. But I think what you would have to say is that Villarreal team looks a better team than the one we played against. And I, think, I don't think so, Willie. Yeah, I think the army. I think when you look like sort of see like tactically under Emery, I think he's a very shrewd manager, and his record in Europe suggests that he is a very shrewd manager. Um, I think that's like his third or his fourth like sort of. Um, European title, trying to suggest that they're not a good team. And no, I'm not suggesting they're not a good team. I'm just suggesting that the, the way they played the game. I, I mean, I'm just I'm saying it, it wasn't a quality, a quality, quality European side that man you were playing last night. And it, it was just going talk- through my head a wee bit. Like, you're you know, about a team that that's been the league final. Though. You're talking about a team that's beat some quality teams to get to the final. I'm not denying that. No, but but what I'm saying is, I see, like when you listen to like. Um, sort of prior to last night's game, all the English guys who mm-hmm. are doing mm-hmm. their country only really spoke about Manchester United. They really didn't have any time for Villarreal, right? Mm-hmm. So my point of view is, see when you come up against a good Spanish team, one, they're always technically good, right? Two, they always have excellent players for South America. They've always got usually two or three South American guys mm-hmm. who who come in and make the team better. Yeah, and what that no idea who they are. Yeah. Exactly, like they just seem to show up, don't they? And all of a sudden, they're unbelievable. And the big thing that Villarreal have is a manager that knows how to win a European competition, and Emery knows that. So, see, like against Man United, it would have been silly for Villarreal to go toe to toe with Man United. So, what you do is play the smart game. If you look to counter attack, you look to score for set plays, and that's exactly what they did. And then, like the penalty shootout comes, you see, before the penalty shootout started. I said straight away, I fancy Villarreal to win it. Because even you look at De Gea, he just does not look like a confident goalkeeper to me. And he never looked like he was going to save any of those penalties. No, well, it was crazy, mm. right? Because De Gea... I actually did save the penalty shootout. Yeah. He's, he's a, he is a really good... He's a good goalkeeper, De Gea, right? There's no getting away from that. But see, during the penalty shootout, 
he looked as if he was a defender who had been sent into goal because the goalie had been sent off. But anyway, we'll move on for that. We'll move on for that. The only point I was making was look, that performance that Varial put on last night. We could have done that. We could have. We could have been there. But that was. I was going to try to make a nice have, wee point about Rangers. Yeah, should have, should have, should have, should have, And I think in certain acts, put it this way, right? We've, we've, look, looking at our team, we've played in three. <laughs> what is it? Four competitions. Four competitions, and we've lost yeah, two yeah, games. Yeah. No, I get that. Minutes, I we lost two that. games. And we got knocked out of three cups. So we worked that out. It just, just. I need to. I, I need to ask CGM. And I need to ask CGM when the four played in goal. <laughs> Don't you start abusing the people that put. I'll just ask. But um, I, yeah, I think Villarreal should be where we should be wanting to be. Don't get me wrong, Villarreal's budget is still yeah dwarfs ours, right? So don't get any delusions that if Villarreal can get there because two years ago we drew with them twice. Then oh, we no, can get there right. because it just doesn't work like that. But I think our run in Europe shows this that we're not actually that far away because we lost to a very, very, very good Slavia team, mm-hmm. and they got knocked out narrowly. And it's it's really fine margins in this competition in the latter stages. Next season, I hope we're nowhere near it. So there you go. But we're not that far away. I know, I know what you meant, CGM. And William, very quick question because I, I want to move on. We've still got two items on the agenda. And I say to you before we start it, oh, we'll be lucky to get 20 minutes out of this. Um, on the, that Manchester United performance last night, could we have beat them? Um, I think being totally honest with the players they've got in the front end of the pitch, probably not. No, but the way they played last night, I think that's what you meant. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, I think they're a phenomenal team still. I thought last night they weren't at their best, but see when guys like Rashford are running towards me and you've got like sort of Cavani coming that way and then Fernandez and Greenwood, I just think it might be a wee bit too much for us. But you know what? We'll find out a hell of a lot about our mm-hmm. team next year in the Champions League yeah. qualifiers. See if mm-hmm. we make it out of the group stage. I think we're still going to be a lot of confident Rangers fans thinking we can get out of the group, you know what I mean? Because we've done so well in Europe. Like there's mm-hmm. going to be that thought process that we can do it. And you know what? See if we get to the group stages, in my opinion, it's six three hits. Because the money that we get for making it into the group stages. But uh, what I will say to like sort of go on the other side of that, see Gerard. Gerard will not go into any of their six games thinking about getting beat. No. Because he's not that kind of guy. His mentality is always we'll go there to try and win the game. So I mean I would love to see us draw three top top teams. You know, I mean, I was in Barcelona all the years ago when we get beat 2 0, and I was in Villarreal when we drew 2 2. I love these games. I think it's it's phenomenal for the support. Hopefully, we can make it to the group stages, and there's tens of thousands of bears in the San Siro, in the new camp, and wherever else we end up, because that would be utterly phenomenal. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I give No Surrender 1698 some, some comedy value anyway, because according to him, this shows. Embarrassing, but there you go. So uh, it's fin- not as embarrassing as having no surrender sixteen ninety as your username, though. Come on. Right, so <laughs> uh, penultimately, that's a that's a big word for a podcast. Um, Stephen Yanis Hadji going to the Olympics, which I, of course I put on Twitter as the Euros when I meant Olympics, um, which means that he may may possibly miss, I believe, some uh, European qualifying games. Um, aye, it was news to me as well when I when, I, when mm. you were putting on the, the, the chat today. Um, but I'll be disappointed with that, especially if it's a if it's an Olympics, and I don't want to downgrade it. It's get the same sort of honours like the Euros, or if it was a World Cup or something like that. But because I think it could be another quite important players for us next year, and especially it's not just that how important the qualifiers for the Champions League is for the club in general, and we really don't want anyone that could help us in that journey not be there and be available for. The Olympics, which is against probably players that are like B team players for our national teams, so I don't really see where the glory is in that. In my point of view, I mean, everyone's got a different perspective. Maybe other countries take it a bit more seriously than what I would take it, but it's, it's disappointing to be honest. And um, I'm surprised he's, he doesn't seem like that sort of character that's kind of came out, and he's he's always seemed quite focused with Rangers. But see what happens with it. I just hope that hey, can, we can get him in the squad for the, the qualifiers because like you guys are saying, it's absolutely massive. If we can get into that Champions League group, 
it'd be huge for the club. And I know people say about the journey getting back to win the league, but for me, like the journey's not finished until you sort of hear that music playing in the stadium and being in there. So it's massively important that he's available and everybody's available. We can and get the transfer one transfers in early as well for that for next uh, for this. Aye, uh, Scotty, does that kind of put Rangers in a position though to say to Giannis, look, you can't go, we need you for the qualifiers? Oh, it's bloody Craig Moore all over again, isn't it? Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh. Um, well, of course it puts us in a position. He's, uh, he's an integral part of the first team squad. He's an integral part of the first team. And uh, I don't blame him. I mean, if you've got the opportunity to represent your country in a in a major tournament, you're going to want to do it. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed because obviously I'm a massive fan of Hadji, but <laughs> he's put me in a put me in a situation, and you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's always Rangers first. Um, hopefully, you never know. We might be signing some midfielders, and we won't miss him that much. But then, if, do you know what? He's actually putting himself at risk. Because if you're Steven Gerrard and you're thinking, right, okay, well, this is a huge moment for my football club. I want my best players committed and available. And he's turning around and go, I'm going to go play in the Olympics. He's going to go, right, okay, well, that's fine. You go do that. But the chances of you playing in the Champions League when we get there are probably diminished. So it could actually, you know, when we talked about earlier, let's see what happens during the summer, after the summer. If Haji has a good Olympics, he could transfer fee goes up, he could be off. So, I, well, what, I mean, what happens. RFC 55 and Forsberg in the, in the comments make good points with regards to look, Ruth and Kamara are already out for these qualifying games. If Hadji's out as well, that puts his three players down, obviously, depending on who we sign. But I mean, that's going to be really, really tricky getting into European games when you've got three or right, two first team players and one player who's just on the brink of being a first team player. Yeah, look, of course it's concerning. I mean, we don't want to lose any more players for the qualifying, given that we've already lost Kamara and Kamara. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't see the big thing with the Olympics, personally. I don't I don't really see what the, you gain out of it. It's not like that Romanian team is going to go and win it, in my opinion. So, you know, if he's going to be potentially away for several weeks, he misses part of the pre-season, he misses some of the qualifying games. I don't know. I mean, it seems very poorly, you know, judged from maybe the Hadji camp. Hopefully, mm. the camp can have a chat and they can come to some type of resolution because to me, they like, you know, strangers that pay his wages. You know, if he goes away with Romania and something happens at the Olympics and he misses several months of football, that would be a tough one for Rangers to take as well. So hopefully, they can sit down and come to an agreement where he, you know, he doesn't go to the Olympics and he stays with us for the. The ah, well, we'll wait and see how that one rumbles on. But just to finish up tonight then, um, something that's been spoken about quite a lot, Stephen, um, John Bennett coming out and speaking about, you know, upgrades to Ibrooks, upgrading possibly the capacity. Um, might be a stupid question, might not be a stupid question, but do we need to, do we need to um, increase the capacity? I would like to see it, to be honest. I don't know how much you're, you're, how much they're thinking about adding on. I'd maybe see a couple of thousand, or I don't know how much you get in for like putting the corners in, or where they're actually thinking about doing it. Are they talk about maybe doing the govern rear and stuff like that as well, and changing the the hospitality and stuff like. That. I know he spoke about it at the AGM before as well, and I think he said there was there was going to be some sort of announcement at the turn of the year about talking about exp- expansion of the stadium and stuff and. Um, so uh, it's obviously in the plans, and I think he was saying mid to long term, like sort of five years, maybe down the line and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's a it's an avenue I think we need to go down. If the demand's there, I don't see why not. I'd imagine the revenue you can gain from that. And if you look at the season tickets being sold out and forty four thousand so far, or bang on like a couple before the like after the deadline or whatever, it's it's nuts. But um, it's de- I'm glad we're looking at it. It's just I think it shows again that the board are sort of try to take things forward and always try to improve things. And another thing I would say is every time I hear that guy speak, I'm, I'm always hugely impressed with him. I think he comes across really well. You can tell he's a Rangers fan and he's passionate about the club and he's also got his head screwed on. So if he thinks it's a good idea and there's potential to make money and it's good for the club, I, I don't see any reason why not to go for it. If the fina- It always comes down to the finances, these sort of things. But mm-hmm. um, I, I would like to see it. I think we could, I, I would be happy if we could make it a bit bigger. I know 
Scotty, it was. Oh, I'm trying to think where I was. I was reading that, but that doesn't matter. Look, we've been hearing this now for what three, four, five, six years about increasing this the stadium capacity. And I think the last time I checked, there was about thirteen, fourteen thousand people on the waiting list for season tickets. Uh I'm I'm not a massive fan of these waiting lists because they all depends on various circumstances. I'm on the waiting list for a season ticket basic so I can get two seats together. Um, there'll be individual seats, like so we don't really know how big the waiting list is, but there is a waiting list. Um, interestingly, I think there is absolutely scope to increase the stadium because the majority of games, tickets are gold dust. I mean, you can get tickets eventually, but you have to work to get them. So that demonstrates that there is scope. How they'll do it, I don't know. How much by, I'm not too sure. But what I do know is John Bennett isn't, David Murray smokes and mirrors. When John Bennett says something, he actually means it and you listen. So um, there's definitely something in it. And it's not, he's not, obviously he's not doing it to sell season tickets or to drum up interest or anything like that. So I'm excited. And as I said earlier, the, there's an element of trust between that the board of earn between us and, and them. And it really, really demonstrates that they get the feeling for what the fans want and they're trying to deliver. So whether it's what they're doing at Edmiston House, which again is absolutely fantastic because we've heard all these stories before. Oh yeah, we'll knock it down, rebuild and nothing ever happens. Hotels, casinos, we've all heard it. But they're actually doing stuff and they're actually and this is this is so exciting. Um and I'd love a bigger eyebrox because a bigger eyebrox for Rangers means more revenue. And if we're gonna play in the Champions League and we can generate more revenue, more tickets, then all the better because they will invest in the squad. So I'm all for it. I think there is a need. Um and I hope they find a way to get cracking and do it ASAP. A right, couple of questions, a uh, couple of comments, and then William, you can have the final say on it, and then that'll be us. Um, what we got when the stadium was built, they always said the roofs could be lifted to add another tier. Didn't know that. Um, the problem, uh, Olympics could be in danger to this COVID, they've got a high rate of infection over there. Um, where are they? Too many comments coming in, folks. Um, we should have started with this one. <laughs> they had all the problem is the four corners, huge wasted space. Um, we've also got RFC 55, hit the like bears and subscribe, of course. Um, I mean, fill the corners and the TV screen from the bottom, boom, and coping stands. I've heard that for a, for a long time, actually. Um, but, uh, William, uh, final word to you, stadium expansion, increased capacity. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, I mean, it's obviously something that's been spoken about for, I don't know, as long as I've supported Rangers, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they've had surveys done for, like, digging down to see what the water levels are like, to see if they could add seats lower. I think there was talk about extending out some of the hospitality bits where the seating could go a bit further. Um, adding another tier is obviously another option. But at the end of the day, it's still got to be a viable option where the club can afford to, like, pay the money to do it. Because it's not like the money comes straight back in the door again. It takes potentially five, ten years to get that mm-hmm. money back. That's true. Imagine, I'd imagine if that's done, they're going to look at sponsorship. Maybe it might mean sponsorship of the stadium. I know that's something that's been mooted previously. I wouldn't be against it because let's be honest about it. Even if they named it something random, everybody's still going to call it Ibrooks. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. No, but see what I'm saying at the end of the day. If the club could get X amount of money in mm-hmm. for this sponsorship deal, and that covers a high majority of the cost of an expansion, then like the club's not losing any money out of it. Whereas the club might potentially have to pay 15, 20 plus million pounds to extend the stadium. That money could be used in so many other ways. For the first team, it could be used at the academy, it could be used to do other things. So let's just see how it happens. But I just noticed one of the tweets out there. That's Kevin Thompson confirmed that he's left the club to sign for Kelty oh. Hampton. Mm-hmm. So, wish him all the best. Katie's a great guy. Um, obviously, the B team will be needing a new manager, it looks like, unless Brian Gilmer takes over permanently. Um, but good luck to Katie and his new venture at Kelty Hearts. Do you know what, um, Stephen, just on that Kevin Thompson, because obviously that must be breaking, I think you actually sent me a volume and I, and I didn't actually realise what it what you meant by it. Um, Kevin Thompson, absolutely fantastic guy, um, fantastic player for Rangers, great coach, and I would imagine, what, is that assistant manager, William? 
the manager, I think. Oh, the manager of Kelty Hearts? Oh, fair play to him. That's even better. There you go. I'm all over the place. I mean, that's a, that's a great start uh, for him, Stephen. Aye, 100%. I'm, I'm just, I, I don't know him personally, but I'm chuffed for him. I'm, I hope it's a, a good position for him, but I'm slightly gutted for the club in a sense because mm-hmm. uh, he's the sort of guy that you could see maybe having a future in the first team sort of level of coaching, maybe management down the line. And uh, because he's got those sort of values that he's quite similar to Gerard in a sense when he, when he talks and he comes across and I think he's got the drive and the mentality to keep pushing the players and I'm so it's probably be a big loss for us but probably a big what a big game for for Kelty but one thing I was kind of gutty and maybe just now I worked out because with this B team set up I was kind of hoping we were going to have that maybe a wee bit of an incentive for for Thompson to say look you can maybe manage the B team in a competitive games and try and have that sort of progression where you see other clubs like maybe like in Europe with Barcelona, they bring in younger managers and try and blood them in that way. Um, but not to be, but good luck to him. He's done well for the club and uh, I'm sure he'll be quite missed because he's done a good job. It's brave, Scotty, for KT. Oh, absolutely. Good luck to him. You've got to, you've got to take the risk to get the reward. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, if, do you know what, what Stephen says there? I've got absolutely no doubt he'll be a success because of the guy he is and the way he talks. I mean, he's got, he immediately commands attention. Like when he talks, you talk, he listens. Well, you talk. He, he talks, you listen. Oh, oh, come on. It's 10 o'clock. It's way past the Yes, look. Yeah. Uh, we've got this. Top show ends the next time. Uh, next Thursday, it'll either be 8 or 9 o'clock to be confirmed. Um, well, William, Stephen, Scotty, guys, thank you very, very much. Thank you to everybody in the comments. By the way, the comments are getting busier and busier, which is great to see. The views are going up and up, which is fantastic to see. Um, you can subscribe, youtube.com forward slash Rangers Rabble, uh, facebook.com forward slash Jers Rabble. I think you just follow on Facebook. I really honestly don't know. Follow us on Twitter at Rangers Rabble. Um, take care, Andy, mate. Good to speak to you again, as always. Um, and we shall speak to you very, very, very soon. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.